Alrighty, hello and welcome back to the Tailgate Talk. It is episode 8. We are here on Sunday, October 18th. It is another glorious NFL Sunday. I'm joined by Evan and Scott. Boys, how are we doing? Howdy, y'all. I'm in a bad way, boys. Oh? I'm in What's a bad up? way. I had, I had one too many pieces of turkey club. I had one too many beers of the week. And there's Razorback Ooh. football and we're winning. So I'm a little, I'm a little on edge and I'm a little... I got a little too much sun today, as they say in Billy Madison. Oh, we speak in French now, huh? So you're an Arkansasian officially is that what now. It is? No, it's Arkansian. Arkansian. Arkansasian. Honestly, what what what's the difference? Arkansasian. You got a point. Yeah, I like what you guys said. Uh, I think we're all right. I think we can all be right. Uh, we're all going to be right here today. We are setting up our tailgate. Uh, we are getting ready for another NFL Sunday. Since we have limited time with Scott, we are going to skip around a little bit and start off on Monday night. Tomorrow night, there are a couple of big games that we're going to talk about. Uh, first up is the Chiefs and the Bills. Um, Chiefs coming off a signing of Le'Veon Bell, uh, which I think did 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 Evan call that? Did did we? No, I said yeah. the Dolphins. No, uh, yeah, he said Dolphins, but that would have been a good guess too, because. It doesn't seem like they need a running back. That Edward Hilaire guy is pretty damn good. Yeah, that's why I want to say fuck the goddamn Chiefs for that. That's really annoying. Now they're – I mean, let's be honest. Le'Veon Bell signed a $1 million contract with another million dollars guaranteed. Um, They don't really need him. So when everybody – like when every analyst is going to talk about, oh, they definitely solidified their next championship team now. No, they didn't. He doesn't fucking matter. Like he – when when, too good. Yeah, when Alaire gets tired, they'll give it to Le'Veon Bell, and he'll get squashed like he usually did. I think but, it was McAfee that was saying that he could see them lining up in the pistol format with Edwards Hilaire on one side, Le'Veon Bell on the other, and, like, Tyreek Hill lined up right behind the quarterback in shotgun. That is terrifying. I, I just can't imagine what a defense would do in that situation because you're going to get burned either way. Literally, how do you stop that? You don't. If, and they already have fucking Kelsey over the middle, who's just a big pole catching everything in this direction. And, and they have Hart, decent blocks. Hartman is really good. Yeah, he's got bunnies. So right now, so this is the Monday night game. And uh, the Chiefs, I mean, they're coming off a first loss against the Raiders, where, they, where the Raiders put up 40 against them. A 40-burger was confirmed. And uh, the Bills are coming off their first loss, too, against a solid team. But that team that they lost to was ridden with COVID. The Bills are coming off their first loss against that solid team. The Titans are very good. Uh, This may be the final year of the Tannehill. Um, The Titans have proven themselves. The Bills are still around, but, like, the Bills did lose. So, right now I have the – so, this is going to be very uh, controversial, but the Chiefs right now went from the best team in the league to like the fourth best team in the league because I mean they lost to the Raiders and right now like right now the Ravens are better than the Chiefs because the only team that the Ravens have lost to is the Chiefs and the Chiefs lost to a team that the Ravens could absolutely slap and the Packers and the Seahawks so right now I see them as the fourth and then the Bills are also like still a solid team, but right now Kansas City is favored by three and a half on the road. What do you guys think about that? Hmm. That is very close. Going on the road to Buffalo, I still can't 
pick against that Chiefs offense, especially probably coming off a little bit of a chip on their shoulder off, the, off their first loss. So I, I would assume that they hit the film room pretty hard and they're going to be ready to go here for uh, for tomorrow night's game. Uh, I'm going to go with the final score of 27 to, to 21. I tend to agree with you there, Cole. Um, I think had there been fans in the stadium at this point, I think that would be a factor. Uh, I mean, that Bills team is rolling right now and they're, a hot take, but I think that they're head and heels above the Pats right now in terms of a complete team. But uh, I don't know. I think that Chiefs offense is too overpowering, and especially with the addition with Le'Veon Bell in that fold. I, I think that he's going to be a dynamic player for them, and I see them winning the game maybe 34-24, maybe? I think that's – yeah, 34-24, Chiefs. Well, um. Looks like it's going to be so, a good one. So I think that this game, I think it's going to be, it's going to be figured out in the fourth quarter. I think the defense could not matter at all because the defense for the Chiefs is usually like is very solid, but that guy um, Matthew is bit, like he's been very very off lately. Like he's getting numerous PIs against him. He's causing penalties, and that's literally their best player on the defensive side. And then the Bills like. They had Josh Norman on their other side of the, like on the on the defensive side against the Titans, and he got fucking ragdolled by Derrick Henry. So like their de- the defense just doesn't matter in this game. If you have any like if you're a fantasy football owner and you have anybody on the Chiefs or Bills, expect like a forty burger for each of them because this is gonna be it's gonna be in the forties. So like, I'm what do you put on top of your forty burger? What do you put on top of your forty burger? Um, I like onions and I like a little bit of lettuce, tomato, and a little some pickles. I like on my forty burger. But there you go. Sorry. So I think so. Like I said, the defense just doesn't matter at this point. Like especially against Buffalo because their defense is dog shit too at this point. Um, the offense is going to pick up the slack, especially now that they have Bell. And I think that when you have, I want to say that because Bell is a more seasoned player, that he's going to get more touches. But Alaire is just too good at this point that they're going to. They're either going to split them or they're going to keep it as it is. Um, for Buffalo, like, you got to come ready to play and you got to throw as much as possible because Singletary sure as shit isn't going to get the job done. Because if any, if there's one part of the, the Chiefs' O-line that works, it's their D-line, and they're just going to swallow them. Like, because if you saw that last game against the Titans, they did he couldn't do anything. And if he couldn't do anything against them, he sure as hell can't do anything against Kansas City. So – you got to find digs and you got to throw to Brown as much as, as much as possible. And Alan, you got to get out of the pocket. They're going to trap you. Like you gotta, you gotta scramble. You gotta do what you gotta, like, he's very good at that. Like he, when he gets, when he's out of the he pocket, is. he's kind of lethal. So you got to do that as much as possible. Yeah. I still take Chiefs, but this is going to be a very, very he's, fun game to watch. He's not that traditional pocket passer that we kind of see a resurgence in. He is somewhat surprisingly athletic, and I think that he's got really good legs on him for a guy who doesn't seem to be that mobile. He's a big boy. He's a big dude. He's got some big-ass legs. He's got a big-ass arm. Uh, So that's going to be a good one. The other Monday night game after that, it's a Monday night doubleheader this week. We've got Cardinals and Cowboys. Uh, Obviously, prayers up to to Dak Prescott for that uh, gruesome injury from last week. Uh, He he already looks like he's in he's in good spirits. Uh, Katie's uh, former Katie Tiger, Andy Dalton filled in uh, and and led them to a win last week. So, do we think that Andy Dalton can do it again this this week against the Arizona Cardinals? Thoughts? 
Yes, I'm taking the Cowboys against the spread. But one thing that I want to talk about real quick about what you just said is that, like, in 2008, when Tom Brady had a season-ending injury against the Chiefs, an injury like that goes around the league. And when I saw Brady get hurt in 2008, it didn't hurt me the way that Dak Prescott got hurt. Because, number one, like, the guy is in a battle for his life – in regards to a um, an extension and like a franchise tag and like that kind of money that he deserves. Number two, the guy has to throw for 500 yards a game to keep everybody on that team in the running. And number three, he opened up this year and then somebody like Skip Bayless just had to come up and say some stupid shit about him. But the point being you? is like that when you when when I saw that injury, it like it hurt my heart like it it was incredibly incredibly sad to see he the league needs more guys like Dak and I mean I think Andy Dalton like this is Andy Dalton's home he's a TCU guy like he 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 belongs in Texas he'll be fine I'm taking the Cowboys against the Cardinals I'm really off the Cardinals train um but I just wanted to say like very sorry to hear about hear about Dak that really sucked I think Andy Dalton's going to get a lot of daylight in the pocket. And yeah. I don't really think that the Cardinals defense is that overbearing. I mean, they just saw Shailen Jones go out for the season, I think, with something. Maybe a Biceps. torn peck. I don't know. Bicep. Yeah, that's it. But um, I see the Cardinals outscoring the Cowboys just simply because of who they have at quarterback and who they have at wide receiver and DeAndre Hawkins. Like, that offense is lethal. And with, like, a small little – little pipsqueak like Kyler Murray running around all over you. Like he's so elusive in the pocket as well as out of it. I, I think that he's going to torch the Cowboys defense. And I think that it's just going to be a matter of who scores more. I mean, as it tends to be, but um, yeah, I'm probably going 30 to 17 Cardinals. So the Cardinals are favored by two and a half on the road. They're playing in Arlington. Um and, I mean, Scott, you absolutely have a good point. I mean, like, the Cowboys' defense is the worst defense in the league. And it doesn't matter – It do, like, it doesn't matter who they have behind the quarterback because, like, they have – I mean, they have C.D. Lamb, they have Amari Cooper, they have Gallup, they have Zeke, but it doesn't matter if they don't have a quarterback to throw it to them. So, like, it could go either way. But I want the Cowboys to win, and I think they're going to win solely because I don't believe in the Cardinals. I think they're kind of frauds. Well, I'm taking the Cardinals for the same reason Scott listed as well. Uh, I would love, I would love to take Andy Dalton at home. Um, it's, it's definitely going to be a good game. I guess I don't know if it's going to be quite as high scoring uh, as Scott said, but I, I, I feel like I can't go against DeAndre Hopkins. Like, like Evan said, I, I think they're maybe not the most proven team in the league. Uh, Kyler Murray is still, you know, obviously still developing, but. He's lethal. He can make some things happen. Mm, uh, never mind. I'm going with the Cowboys. I, I can't. I'm, I'm going with the Cowboys. I'm, I'm changing my pick. <laughs> I wrote down Cardinals and I thought about it a lot. Um, as I'm talking, I'm going with the Car. I'm going with the Cowboys. I'm, I'm going See, with Dallas. Because you have to listen to your lead analyst. That's why. <laughs> I just listened to how stupid I sounded, so I, I had to retract my statement. I'm going with the Cowboys to finish out the NFL slate 
for uh, what is this week six now? Uh, I don't know. I've only gotten ten games right in each of the each of the weeks that I've uh, kept track. So it's I didn't do it's very just good a matter life. of which ten games Cole's going to get right this week. So maybe that will put me over the hump for ten weeks, ten wins this week. With that, we are going to dive into the Patriots really quick. Their game was pushed back after some tests. Some tests came back. Some tests more. Some more tests came back. They are still scheduled to play here this afternoon uh, against the Broncos. Finally, after wasting their bye week last week, what our what are our thoughts on this Patriots Broncos matchup a week later? I just don't see how they come out swinging for the fences like first snap of the game. Like it's it's so tough to have that stop and play. Even though I'm sure that they've been keeping active in their own way, but I don't know. I, with Cam being out for so long, well. Yeah, that is true. But I mean, with Cam being out of action for so long, like I just worry about him taking reads. Like after all this time being cold, I mean, I'm sure that the guy's been active, but um, we do have Gilmore back and we do seem to be healthy coming into this game, probably more so than if we did play last week. But I don't know. I'm not too encouraged by this offense because it solely revolves around Cam. Right. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game, but I think I would give the edge to the Patriots simply because the Broncos aren't really pumping right now. Like, Melvin Gordon's probably going to be out. Um, I think he is. Yeah, he is. Juan Miller. Yeah, and he's got an unrelated illness, too. Gee, I wonder what that is. Not COVID, the head coach said, but um, I don't know. I think it's going to be a defensive stalemate and probably a low-scoring game. Maybe, like, so 17, back, seven. Right? Isn't Cam back? Yes. Yeah, he is. Gilmore's Gilmore. not back. Gilmore's back. He is? Oh, okay. Well, yeah, they were going to fucking so. murder them. So, no. with both of them back, like, the Broncos just lost. They're one of two only good players. The only good player that they have besides Melvin Gordon is Jerry Judy. And the only possible chance that the Broncos have to even sniff our jocks is if Blake Bortles starts. Because he's a Belichick, but he's not going to start, like, at all, because Bortles hasn't been cleared yet. The Patriots Patriots are favored by eight in Gillette. And the the Broncos are an absolute – like, they're a a team on the stiff decline. I know that Phillip Lindsay is back because he was hurt, but now that Melvin Gordon's, like, literally gone or whatever happened, they're going to try to fit him in as much as possible. And I just want we to say, some, I know this is Patriots. What? We've got some breaking news uh, out of Foxborough, actually. So, what? according to Field Gates, the Patriots are placing running back Sony Michelle, guard Shaq Mason, and Derek Rivers, the defensive end, on injured reserve on the COVID-19 list. Well, Sony Michelle was hurt previously. Yeah. But they're but, all – those are the guys that have it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shaq all Mason, of them got put on. Mason's going to be a big hurt on the uh, injured reserve. No, like, I don't know. I feel like our offensive line has been so modular uh, in years late. Like, anybody who plays guard could probably snap the ball and play tackle and vice versa. But I think losing him hurts because he's been such a such a consistent player for us. Yeah, it's going to hurt. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not feeling too great heading into this game. But like I said, I do think that the Pats have the slight edge. I'm just saying that – the it, 
I know this is a Patriots podcast, and I know that I'm biased, but without Cam, we're destroying them. Without Gilmore, we're destroying them. With Brian Hoyer behind center, we're destroying them. We're destroying them any way that we, we are because they are not good in the slightest. Like, this is a blessing in disguise. Has this it. is a blessing in disguise because, like, we, like, we're, we lost to we lost to the Chiefs twenty six to ten, but we flirted with them every single step of the way. Like knowing who the Chiefs were and knowing who our offense was, they should have beat us by fifty, and they didn't. And everybody knows that. So like, well, that's because defense wins. We games. are still the Patriots are still a top twelve team. Like they are fucking fantastic. Without Gilmore, they're fantastic. Like where I was, this game was never in jeopardy for us. We're winning this any way you slice it. And if the, like the only, this is one of those games, in my opinion, like where if you listen to the last episode, this is a game that does not matter unless the Broncos keep it close. And I don't think that they're going to, because one thing that they cannot do at all is protect against a run. And we have Jonathan Taylor, Damian Harris, Rex Burkhead, and we have James White there. They can't even touch those guys. Like, I think that this is going to be – I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, but it's going to be a low-scoring game from the Broncos. Like, if I had to put a score on this, it's going to be like 20 – like 26 to 9 or something crazy like that. Well, should be quite the matchup in Foxborough. Uh, I agree with everything that both of you guys just said, so thank you for your analysis and thank you for making my job a lot easier. Plenty more cases going around the league. Uh, Evan, do you want to dive into uh, the most recent COVID update in the NFL? Well, I don't, I don't know if I have the most current information, but I know that the Falcons closed their facility for one day. The Colts closed their facility. And, uh, I mean, for the past two weeks, I've been saying that this is kind of like uh, – this is kind of like the MLB and we're like, there's just, there's going to be cases because of the amount of people involved and the people are going to have to deal with it. And we don't have a bubble, but um, this is kind of getting more serious now because uh, I mean, we, we, it's, I don't know about you, but like, I haven't been hearing a lot about COVID in the news lately, unless it's with the NFL. Mm -hmm. And um, I kind of feel like we need to be doing a better job at handling it. I mean, like, if, it keep, if, if this trend keeps continuing of more and more players getting caught with – I'm not talking about Tennessee because Tennessee had, like, dozens of cases. The way, that's what they made it sound like. Like, I think people are taking it seriously enough. It's just that, like, people are asymptomatic and they're carriers and people don't even know it. And there's not tests that can, like – like, it's, it's just a really bad situation. And I think if it, get, if it continues to get worse, then, like, there's cause to be nervous. And I think it's going to be – like it's going to be an asterisk kind of season if they're going to do it on based on winning percentage rather than actual wins versus losses because that's going to be fucking stupid. If somebody like the Eagles has seven wins but they only have six losses because all the other teams that they were supposed to play couldn't play and then all of a sudden they're in the postseason. That'll be really dumb. But like I think that's where we're heading. So I hope it doesn't happen. But I mean, we just got to do better. I think like uh, – I'm not sure if that answers your question, but <laughs> I know that there are more teams that have more positive cases. I think the Bills are another team that had positive cases. I think um, it's possible that as well. Um, 
and the kind of talk has been, so we've canceled a bunch of games or postponed a bunch of games. We're using up bye weeks and stuff like that. At what point do they add an 18th week onto the season? And then once they do that, I know that they're saying that that's kind of the last resort option because when they do that, well, then when do you add the 19th week and then you extend into April almost. Right. So I don't think that's quite the answer. I don't like we established. I can't really do a bubble. I guess you just got to do a better job of masking up. Like I don't, I don't know how to stop this, but I agree. It's, it's very similar to the MLB where got out of the gates, got some, got some tests, I guess, reeled some things back in and, and were able to finish it out. But We'll have to see. Uh, here we are in week six of the NFL season. So um, time's kind of running out, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very weird to get a gauge on who's coming to play and who isn't. And it's right. even hurt. Like, it's harder for me because I do these, like, leader projections and, like, these, uh, like, rankings. And it's hard because, like, I mean, with the with the bye weeks already baked in, it was a little difficult. But even further, like it's it's hard because like I don't really know what the like I don't know what the talent they have in the field is. Like the right. I I still think the Patriots are a top twelve team, but I can't really justify that without Cam, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But having said that, let's do this. So, Cole, who, if you had to guess who is in the top for the twenty twenty season, who is currently leading in passing yards? In passing yards, Russell Wilson. No, he's currently third. Dak Prescott is still in first by 300 friggin' yards. Holy shit. Yeah, that's how much he had to throw to keep his team in the loop. Um, how about rushing yards? Ooh, rushing yards. Um, shoot, man, I do not know. I really enjoy this game. Uh rushing yards is actually Dalvin Cook. Rushing he's Dalvin Cook is currently the top running back in yards and touchdowns with 489 rushing yards and seven touchback touchdowns. But unfortunately he is hurt. Um, That's why he wasn't going to be my guess. Right. Total receiving yards right now is DeAndre Hopkins at 528. And total receiving touchdowns is Adam Thielen with six. And Adam Thielen tied with Mike Evans for six. Now, one thing that I will tell you that's interesting is that Josh Jacobs has come up triumphant as leading being a leader in the as a running back with 377 yards and five touchdowns Todd Gurley has 375 with five touchdowns um and my guy on my uh fantasy team as I've said in numerous seasons Robbie Anderson Robbie Anderson is a top five receiving yard receiver with 489 yards that's over Calvin Ridley and right underneath DK Metcalf so he's kind of the homie right now wow um, Russell Wilson is currently leading in total passing yards. Uh, Tom Brady is still in the top five. Good for our boy. Um, Eric Hendricks on the Vikings is still leading in tackles, but he's currently tied with two other guys. Aaron Donald is now leading the league with seven and a half sacks, but that's probably because he worked Kirk Cousins last week. And Pierre Desir and Xavier Howard on the Jets and then on the Dolphins, respectively. And Kendall Fuller and Carlton Davis are all leading the league in interceptions with three. Hmm. So that's your current weekly leaders. And now let's dive into the schedule. What game do you want to talk about first, my friend? Yes. So we are in the noon slate. We're going to start off with another AFC South divisional matchup with the Titans and the Texans. Houston's coming off their first win of the season, another divisional win over the Jaguars. 
they looked okay, obviously, against a pretty subpar team, but uh, good to at least get the wheels rolling uh, with that interim head coach there, Romeo Cornell. Um, I'm still going to take the Titans this one because I can't quite go against Tannehill and Henry and that stiff arm that he shoved Josh, Josh Norman with. He fucking ragdolled that guy. <laughs> he ragdolled him. So uh, we got a one o'clock game here. And now the, the Texans are coming off their first win. Good for them. Still against a dog shit team. And the Titans are coming off the fifth win. And they are for real. Like they had a bunch of players that didn't have, but like they had several players still afflicted with COVID. They still beat the bills handsomely so they i would say that they're for real the, the the titans are still are favored by three at home i'm definitely taking the titans as well could be a somewhat decent game as the titans have proven they could still be productive even after a COVID outcome and the tight the texans have proven that they can't um derrick henry is absolutely on the war path now uh and in accordance with my leaders derrick henry is currently third in the league with rushing yards with 376 yards and he's going to absolutely increase that against the Texans defense. Um, Tannehill is going to do very, very well against this poor defense as well. Um, if I'm Houston, if I'm Watson, I want to throw long. Like, that's what I want to do. I want to make sure that, like, like right now they have Malcolm Butler out there because their main guys have COVID. So, like, throw the ball as far as you can. Fuller has been proven to catch deep passes. Cooks did pretty well last week. Um, just avoid giving avoid giving it to David and Duke. They suck. They're they're burnt <laughs> out. Don't give it to them. And I mean, you just won. Like they finally won. So I mean, they got to do better here. Like they they have a little bit of mojo going forward. Try not to get wrapped up in who you're playing. But I'm taking the Titans regardless. Yep. Hard to go against them. Uh, going right along to the Ravens and the Eagles. Uh, I don't think this will be very close. I'm taking Baltimore. Uh, Evan, what are your key insights on this one? Uh, so, we, again, 1 o'clock game, Ravens had an easy win, and they're definitely on the war path ever since they lost to the Chiefs because it's kind of a, a, an expected – what do you call it? An expected, like – an expected turn of events, let's say that, that mm-hmm. once they lost to the Chiefs, it's like – it's a known fact that they can't produce against top-tier teams. They are a top-tier team, but when they're threatened with uh, a Mahomes or – like somebody else that has a significant amount of talent they can't produce like so when they so they they beat the last two teams that they played savagely and um having said that like they they came off that easy win that doesn't really matter and the eagles are coming off a very hard fought loss against the steelers but they're starting to figure it out if you've noticed like they they whatever kind of kinks that they had to work out they figured it out so baltimore is favored by seven and a half on the road that's not enough. I think this is going to be a very handsome win for them. Um, there is a chance that it could be a decent game because of what I just said, that Wentz is coming to play and he's figured – like, he's gotten the kinks out. And even further, I know that Lamar is not at 100%. He had, like, some sort of a weird injury against the – Red. Um, I didn't say it mm-hmm. – against the Washington football team that didn't kind of go away when he played the Bengals. Um, so, if I'm the Ravens, i got to stop that run because Sanders – dogged over the Steelers and you got to find Hollywood Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews for touchdowns because Andrews is a top receiver in touchdowns. Let me check to see. Yeah. Mark Andrews has five receiving touchdowns and that's tied for second league 
Like, which is pretty impressive given that yeah. he's a tight end. Tight ends have been getting a lot of touchdowns lately. Because nobody yeah, wants I to love tackle. that. Love no it. one wants to tackle them. I um, wouldn't. Yeah, exactly. Um, the defense should have a field day with getting on Wentz because the, the Ravens' defense are pretty underrated, in my opinion. Um, if I'm Philly, like I said, the offense is working from last week. And if you can find weekend weakness in the defense, then, I mean, you, could, you just got to keep it close. And then, like, you'll be in other people's good graces. Because if I'm the Eagles, like, that division is kind of dog shit. So you kind of have to stride to be, like, the best of the worst. Absolutely. So, yeah, this is an easy win for the Ravens. That's what I'm taking. Yep, probably not a, not a must-watch there. But uh, another one that uh, kind of almost turns into one is Fal uh, Vikings-Falcons. Uh, all of a sudden, I didn't quite know all those Minnesota players up in the leaderboards, but uh, Atlanta just let go of their head coach, Dan Quinn. Um, so they will have an interim coach this week as well. So I don't know if they'll have the same results as the Texans did last week. Uh, I'm definitely taking the Vikings, especially after all those leaders that you listed. I am still surprised that there are that many Minnesota players up there. Well, there are several Atlanta players up there too. So Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan is fifth in, in passing yards. Todd Gurley is fourth in rushing yards. Calvin Ridley is fifth in receiving yards. Todd Gurley is second in rushing touchdowns, and that is all I have. But um, I'm taking the Vikings, too. So the Falcons are coming off that loss that resulted in that coach being fired. And the Vikings are coming off a loss that ended last minute in a last-minute drive against the best team in the league, arguably. So Minnesota's favored by three and a half at home. That's, that's, a, solid, like, that's a solid spread. This is actually going to be a good game. Uh, these teams are very like they both are absolutely desperate for a win. Mm -hmm. They both need it, and they could both beat each other. They have serious offensive weapons, but their defense is dog shit. Oh, I have another leader for you, actually. <laughs> so for the Vikings, Yannick Ngokwe has five sacks, so okay. that's tied for third. There's a lot of leaders from the Vikings. They have some pieces there, man. But you never know it because they don't know how to use them. Like they like I don't know what the yeah. deal is there. They got to figure it out. But this is going to be a high-scoring game, in my opinion, solely because they both need a win and the defense just kind of really isn't there. Um, so for Minnesota, Dalvin Cook is out. He is injured. But Madison has some serious talent, and I think they're going to feed him because he – I mean, any running back with dreadlocks who's as big as Dalvin Cook is going to do very, very well. But Thielen and Rudolph – are very, very good, and I think, they, I think they're going to win, and I think it's not going to be close. Well, no, no, no. I think it will be close, but, like, I think there's no doubt that it's going to be an offensive game, and I think the Vikings are going to win with it. But if I'm at Atlanta, they, they still have astounding weapons. They have Calvin Ridley. They have a solid tight end. They have Todd Gurley. They have things – like, they have the bones to win, but their defense is just so goddamn bad. That's why I'm going with the Vikings, just because their defense yeah. sucks. yeah. Right, and like they let up those those big leads. The Bears came back. The uh, the other the other team just came back on them. So, yeah, uh, Vikings all the way in that one. Uh, Steelers Browns, another divisional matchup. Um, you know, it's gonna happen. I don't think the Browns are gonna win. I'm taking the Steelers here. What are your thoughts? Oh boy. Okay. So, on one hand. On one hand, you have so – this is a rivalry game, obviously, because it's in the same division. But on one hand, you have the Browns coming off the fourth win of an unprecedented season 
And the Steelers are coming off a hard-fought win against a team that isn't very good, and they're undefeated. Pittsburgh is favored by three and a half at home. This, this for me, is a contender for the game of the week. I'm taking the Browns. Ooh. Dude, when the Browns are hot, be very afraid. And I Ooh. do not care that OBJ is out because he has an illness. Like, I don't think it's COVID, but I think that he was sick, and, like, mm-hmm. nobody can take risks at this point. Right. But um, let's give a round of applause for Claypool for three touchdowns. I don't know where the fucking Steelers are finding these guys, but that guy's ridiculous. Right, for real. So having said that, key insight for Pittsburgh is throw the ball as much as fucking possible. Like Throw until it hurts. And then the exact opposite is for Cleveland. Find Kareem Hunt. Let Miles Garrett swallow Big Ben because it's not Big Ben that's getting you these wins. It's everybody else. It's Minka Fitzpatrick that's doing it. It's TJ Watt. Wait, let me tell you the the leaders for the Steelers. Oh, yeah. TJ Watt um, is currently fifth in total sacks. He's he's fantastic. He's very, very good. Um, This is going to be an awesome game to watch. Uh, You got to limit the offense on the Steelers side like as much as possible because Big Ben is very, very rusty. And if Miles Garrett gets on him early, it's going to be a long day for him. So I'm taking the Browns. Definitely right. taking the Browns. That's, this is a, that's a hell of a pick. Possible. For sure. For sure. That's, that's a, a big game in, in that noon slot. Uh, these next few ones we're going to talk about are, are on the other end of that spectrum. Uh, we're going to go into Bengals Colts here first. Um, yeah, I really don't have much to say on this one. I'm definitely I'm, – I'm going to go with the Bengals. Uh, wow. You know, I I don't I don't know much about the Colts, honestly. This game is a fucking stinker. Yeah. Um, Bengals just lost to a fantastic team, and the Colts lost. Indiana. I did it again every week. Indianapolis is favored by seven and a half at home. This could be a competitive game, given that the Colts are so liquid and lost to the Jags, who just lost to Cincy. Um. Their new running back, Jonathan Taylor, is doing very well. The defense is still a top in the league and can shut down Burrow very quick. Um, the Bengals really don't have any offensive weapons. A.J. Green doesn't want to be there. You really only have Joe Mixon. Just kind of keep it close. I think the Bengals are going to get smoked, but this game sucks. I don't give a fuck about this You're game. You're right. I forgot about the Colts' defense. I'm going with the Colts. I'm taking the Colts. I'm switching my pick again. Yeah, let me tell you who – so the top defense and the number one defense in the league is the Titans right now, as it stands. Because they played one the less Colts game than everybody else. The Colts, I know, but still, they're fucking <laughs> disgusting. The Colts, I would say, are fourth. Yeah. The Ravens, I would say, are second. And then the Steelers are third. So the Colts are still very, very good. Um, the Bengals are dog shit. But, Glad we're both uh, taking the Colts here. Uh, yeah, going on to another <laughs> possibly toilet bowl candidate, uh, Lions Jags. Uh, I really don't even want to talk about this game, to be completely honest. Stinker. I'm the Jags. Stinker. I'm taking Jacksonville. Lions. Um, All right, let's move right on. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. No, we got a little bit to talk about here. Uh, Detroit had a bye week, and the Jaguars are coming off a loss to a winless team. So, I heard on the radio the other day that the Jaguars broke history in that in the first four weeks of the season, they lost three games back to back to back to un to winless teams. First team mm-hmm. ever to do it. Mm-hmm. Can't That's confirm. pretty embarrassing. 
So Detroit's favored by three and a half on the road. This game is going to suck. It's going to be very, very low scoring. The bo- both of these teams are bad and can be very worse. And essentially, whoever wins, it really doesn't matter because it's not very impressive. Um, I do love the Detroit wide receivers. I love Marvin Jones. I love Kenny Galladay. Find him early. Uh, I, I also love the running back for the Jaguars. He um, He's very good. He's giving that team a little bit of heart. But this game is dog shit. I don't care about this game. Yep. Uh, another one along the same vein is uh, Washington at the New York football Giants. Uh, New York is home. Uh, I'm taking Washington on the road. Even – oh, I'm sorry. We do have to talk about Alex Smith's return. Uh, we have talked about it on a few occasions on this podcast. Um, I was honestly very worried for him and for his entire leg and everything like that. We obviously know that it's a great story, and we give him all the credit in the world for coming back from that. Scott knows how terrible an infection is post-op like that. Um, so, obviously, big ups to Alex Smith. That's great for him. I was just terrified he was going to snap his leg again. I'm very thankful that he did not. Uh, I am concerned with that Washington quarterback situation altogether, I suppose. But um, going to New York, what were your thoughts on Alex Smith's return slash the Washington football team there, Evan? Hey, Cole. Yeah. Is it okay that we talk about how bad he did? <laughs> yes, do that. All right, so um, <laughs> Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen had a little bit of fire in the beginning of that game. Um, then, listen, I'm a sports fan, right? I mean, the fact that he came back, if you don't love football, if you don't love that. Yeah. I mean, he, wa- he wants to be out there. He wants to be out there very bad. And um, the District of Champions, that's what they call themselves now, apparently. Um, they, they need a story like that over in FedEx Field. I'm very happy to have lived in a world and have seen the day where I saw Alex Smith come back. But um, Aaron Donald swallowed him. <laughs> swallowed him. He swallowed him so much that he's now the leader in sacks. <laughs> like, that – like, at what point, like – and it's – but the thing is, like, it's not his fault at all. Right. The red, I keep, I, I'm sorry. Almost. It's the, it's, right it's the delirium tremens speaking. I'm there sorry. Um, the Washington football team, it's their fucking fault. And here's what I want to talk about. Do you remember that, that uh, soundbite that we heard last year when Dwayne Haskins came out as the, like the starting quarterback for the Washington football team? Like he literally had a, had to bring his offensive line to the side. And he said, like, guys, what can I do? Like, help me help you. Just keep me open for longer than 1.5 seconds after you snap the ball. Please. Like, we can win if we can just do this. Right. And, like, I don't think Alec, – like, Alex Smith hasn't been around there long enough to realize that, like, they just suck. <laughs> like, the O-line is dog shit. He has Terry McLaurin there, and that's fucking it. So, like, I feel really bad for him. But, like, you – I didn't – it's not that I didn't want him to play because I don't want him to see the field again. It's because I don't want him to play because he's going to get fucking swallowed. <laughs> he's going to get hurt again if you put him out there behind that old line with no one to throw it to. It's sad. He had 37 yards in the total game. That's, like – Not good. Shit, man. You and I can do that. Like, I don't think I can do that. Put Kyle Allen out there. This is my toilet bowl game, without a doubt, as we know. 
Um, the Giants are favored by two and a half at home. And that's how you know it's that's how you know it's a toilet bowl game because the Giants are favorited. Um, this is going to be a game that's like thirteen to three or seventeen <laughs> to zero or something. Daniel Jones knows how to score now because they scored thirty four points against Dallas, and now that they have a taste for it, they're going to be fine. Ingram is going to do pretty well. Um, please don't start Alex Smith. Put in Kyle Allen. Let him get CTE for all we care. That's an injury we can worry about like 50 years down the road when the world ends. Don't put Alex Smith out there, please. Like, that, like if you put Alex Smith out there against the Giants and you lose against the Giants with Alex Smith, that just kind of proves that you're worse than the Jets at that point. Like, that's, that's, that's like a neutron star imploding on itself. <laughs> for a toilet bowl game, I have a lot to say on the matter. I was going to say, that is quite a lot to say, and I don't have much to add on to that. So, um, well said. I appreciate your input there, Evan. Moving on to the last game in the noon 1 p.m. slot, uh, Bears-Panthers. I don't think this will be very close either. Uh, Bears are still flying pretty high on the on the back of, of Big Dick Nick, so um, I'm taking them on the road. Oh, wow. So I think this game is going to be awesome. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, the Bears just beat the fucking ears. Like, they, Nick Foles just beat Tom Brady. They got, they got a little bit of fire under their ass. Um, and the Panthers came off a solid win against a terrible team, but they still beat a team with a lot of, you know, offensive weapons. Sorry, hiccup. With a lot of offensive weapons. Um, the Bears are coming off a really, really wild win against the Bucks. Uh, Carolina is favored by two and a half at home. Hmm. This is going to be a really good game, and I think if Nick Foles figures it out, it's going to be a great game. Um, both teams absolutely need a win, and I think the Panthers are are on the rise because Teddy, like Teddy, has been proven to pick up the slack that Teddy and Davis on that team have picked up the slack with McCaffrey, and they're actually playing better than they were without him. Like, that's incredible. And now, like, a, a, a favorite player of mine, Robbie Anderson, even though he was a Jet at one point and I hated every piece of air that he breathed, uh, is a top-performing receiver. The only problem is their defense. And the exact opposite is for the Chicago. Like, they, those guys got to rally around Foles and keep finding Jimmy Graham. But their defense has it. Like, they're, they got it going on on defense. Um. It's going to be a good game. Like, it's yeah, going to be a, now that you say that, it sounds like it's going to be a, a much better game than I really thought of, I guess, initially. Yeah, it's going to be close. I think it's not going to get out of the 30s, but it's going to be close. Hmm. I'm well, taking the Panthers, though. You're taking the Panthers. I'm taking the Bears. That'll be a good tiebreaker there. Um, well, that'll do it for the noon slot. Jumping into the 305-405 slot. Uh, another divisional matchup, Jets, Dolphins for the battle of the AFC East uh, in Miami. I don't think the Jets are going to do it. I'm taking Miami at home. Um, when do we get to see Tua? Uh, fucking never. They should trade him and keep Fitzmagic. Oh. You've, so you've come all the way around on Fitzmagic then? No, I fucking hate the guy. He's an <laughs> asshole. And he has Tom Brady's home phone number and his cell number. So... <laughs> <laughs> like it's really annoying. I want him to retire and never come back, but he's putting up 43 against the Niners and <laughs> several other points against the Jaguars with nothing on his team. Like how are you? And I'm thinking, I'm also thinking that Brian Flores is a phenomenal coach. He's a hell like, of a guy. He's a hell of a coach. And he's also a, a Belichick disciple. So, I mean, so, in an ideal world, this game ends in a tie Absolutely. or 
or the game doesn't happen mm -hmm. because I fucking hate both of these teams. Mm -hmm. But this, point being, this game is absolutely meaningless. The Jets are the worst. The Jets are going to go winless this 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 season. I told you, I told you that they were on an official zero and sixteen watch, and you're like, nah, yeah. they still have to play the Dolphins. That's literally they what you said. Yeah, they're going to lose. Like it's it. They're dude. Miami is favored by nine. <laughs> Miami, did I hear what I just said? No, say it again. Miami is favored by nine. Nine? Nine. Nineteen? Yeah, no, bro, nine. <laughs> <laughs> this, but here's the thing. This may be, this may be the only winnable game for the Jets. This may yes. be the only winnable game because they lost to the fucking Bronco. So, like, so in my – let me read you my notes for this game. I'd love to hear so your notes So, for key insights for Miami, for, for key insights for Miami, if there is any game that Tua should play, it is this game. Or just let Fitzmagic keep doing his thing and then let Gaskin and Devontae Parker just run it down their throats. What I have written for the Jets is I have nothing to say. This team is miserable. <laughs> because, you, because, like, if I were them – how Adam Gase still has a job is beyond me. And they have not, like, I, we need to give like a moment of silence for the O line and the D line and every other person on that team besides Sam Ficken, because he's the only Ficken guy that can get them any points. Like, I don't even know one of their names. And I have to give credit to Braxton Berrios because he was on the Patriots practice squad and he was on our team last year and then we traded him. And, like, I feel bad for him because he's the only fucking offensive weapon that Sam Darnold has. Sam Darnold is not the problem. No. Like, he's not the problem, but he's also not the solution. And Joe Flacco, hey, buddy, you're on that team. How does that make you feel? Like, I just feel for that. I feel for him. Like, I, I, it, it's all in the coaches. They have, I can't believe they got rid of Le'Veon Bell. And to be honest, like, Le'Veon Bell is kind of an asshole. And Jamal Adams is also kind of an asshole, too, because, like, but it might not even be their fault, and I understand that now because that team just really doesn't want to win because of the coaching. So, um, if he has a, if he has a job by the end of the season, then I have really good faith in humanity because that means I'll never get fired a day in my life for being incompetent like that idiot. But I'm taking the Dolphins. Um, this game is pathetic. Don't even. I, I hope Red Zone doesn't even play it because no one cares. All right, moving right along to uh, – yes, also, I'm taking the Dolphins. I don't know if I already said that. But uh, moving right along, 325, 425. There's a time slot for that game. There, the time slot for that should be at, like, 9 a.m. when it fucking is awake. <laughs> the, uh, the purgatory time zone where you just – where it just doesn't happen. I think that's the Play best solution. Like 5 a.m., like, where your grandmother isn't even watching it. <laughs> Well, uh, this next game should be a, a pretty good one. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, Packers, Bucks, 325, 425, depending upon where you are. Um, in Tampa Bay, Tom off of that loss where he didn't know what down it was. Uh, it was honestly pretty good to see him uh, laugh at himself and, and put LeBron James's face on his body when he was holding up the four for LeBron's fourth trophy. So that was, that was kind of cool that he's able to laugh at himself for being such a fucking idiot. Um, so Packers, Bucks, uh, 325. I'm taking Green Bay on the road. Yep. So am I. Um, nice. So Aaron Jones, my man, 
you're talking a lot of shit. <laughs> He's talking an awful lot of that mess. And I have the Packers winning, but I really hope the Buccaneers win. And I hope that the Buccaneers defense just stops Aaron Jones right in his tracks for talking against my man TB12. Because if anybody, and I mean anybody, tells me that Aaron Rodgers better than Tom Brady, I will sue you. It's just a fact. I'm from New England. I'll do it. Scott's our lawyer. So, yeah. Uh, it's Scott. Hey, we got a fucking lawyer on the podcast. <laughs> um, this is a contender for the game of the week, obviously. Uh, Green Bay is favored by only one on the road. Literally only one point. Um, the Bucks are coming off a loss to Nick Foles, and that's because Nick Foles has Tom Brady's number. But guess what? Rodgers lost it in the mail. Um Brady has Rodgers' number, but he has it on the Patriots. So any stat that you have for Tom Brady against an opponent of his, you kind of have to throw it out the window now because yeah. you've got an intact new uh, situation. But Brady versus Rodgers, the matchup you can't miss. Um, Brady needs to bounce back really bad, but Rodgers is on the fuck you tour, so it makes me really nervous. Um, Jones, you might have a big game. So a little bit of Green Bay Packer leaderboard talk. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is currently leading, and he has 13 touchdown passes. Aaron Jones is a top five running back. He has 374 rushing yards. Robert Tanyan has five receiving touchdowns. That's more than that's more than Mark Andrews. That's third in total receiving touchdowns. And Zadarius Smith is third with five sacks. So they have a solid team. That team is disgusting, but their defense is kind of overhyped. Um, the linebackers should kind of find – I mean, you saw that game. The, the old line wasn't there at all for mm -hmm. Brady, and the, the Packers know that. So they're going to find him, and they're going to, you know, get on him really quickly. But in, regard, in regards to the Buccaneers, Brady has connection to all of his wide receivers at this point, pretty much everybody except Gronk. So, like, he can make it happen with anybody. We've seen that before including uh, the running back. And I'm not talking about Fournette. So the defense seriously needs to improve, as does the O-line. But as far as the points, they're going to be there. But I think the Packers are going to come away with it. Yep. Sorry, uh, sorry. Should be a hell of a matchup. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, and that leads us right into tonight's big game. Uh, well, it was probably supposed to be a big game when the schedule makers put this one together. Uh, Rams at 49ers, uh, 7.20 in the central time zone, 8.20 everywhere else. Uh, I'm sorry, in the eastern standard time zone. Um, 49ers still depleted coming off that uh, laugher, I guess you can call it. Um, I would hope that they would laugh it off at this point. Um, big Rams team coming to town. I'm I'm gonna take Los Angeles on the road here, even though they're staying in state. Yep, three and a half on the road. Um, I'm definitely if I'm a 49er, I'm definitely not laughing it off because you had Jimmy Garoppolo go out there way too early because you know he's still hurt, and then you pulled the trigger on Garoppolo. He sucked. Then you put in a different quarterback, and then you put in another quarterback. So that's bad move on Shanahan's part. Um, the Rams are the Rams are a very 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 solid team. They're definitely a top 10 team, but their offense is probably just as good as their defense. Like they're going to go someplace. Just watch. Um, the, the Niners are imploding. Their, their, uh, their Super Bowl hangover is at like an unreal level. Um, should be a very easy win for the Rams. 
might not even like it might be a game not worth watching unless the 49ers kind of keep it close. The Niners are in big trouble, I think. Very sorry to hear it about Garoppolo, but like you weren't ready. He definitely wasn't ready. That's Shanahan's fault. Like you were winning and then you had to put in fucking you had to put him back in against the Dolphins, thinking that it was gonna be fine, but their defense isn't that bad. So that's on that's on him. Um I do love Cooper Cup and Robert Woods in this game. Their defense is very, very good. Donald is going to fucking crush whoever starts. I, For the love of God, I hope it's not Garoppolo because they definitely need him. Like, he needs to rest. He needs to get better. Put in Jeff Driscoll or not Jeff Driscoll. Is that who it is? C.J. Beathard. Yeah, him. Put him in. Let him get his ass kicked. Uh, you got to figure out the quarterback situation in San Francisco. You really need to figure it out. It, run the ball if you can. They have, like, 19 different running backs in rotation at all times, I feel like. So, use one of those guys. Well, it sucks to see the trend of uh, not great Sunday night games going on or, or primetime games not being good ones, but uh, maybe this one will, will turn, turn around there at the end. All right, and let's dive into everyone's favorite segment, our beers of the week. Scott, would you like to kick us off here? Yeah, yeah, I got a good one this week. Um, so I went out to MGM, the casino in Springfield, Mass, and they had Francis Connor Weiss beer on tap. Cole, I don't know if you remember that, but that was the beer that we both had in Italy uh, that one time that we both went. Oh, I know what you're talking out about. By the Vatican. Oh yeah, what a story! Out by the Vatican. Oh yeah, and... that's that is a hell of a story. <laughs> <laughs> so for those who don't know, um, so when you're on the Vatican Museum tour, you're only given the like little audio piece to translate what the tour guide is saying in your own native language, and the only way to return an entire group's radio is if they're all together like whoever signed up within the group. So naturally our, our group, we broke off and kind of blew through all the unimportant things just to see the uh, Sistine Chapel. And <laughs> we wanted to get food because we hadn't eaten prior to the tour. So we tried to turn in our audio devices and the Swiss guards would not let us return them. So we decided to act like great Americans in a foreign country. And we just sat down on the staircase until they did take them and, and kicked us out. Yeah, they kicked us out. <laughs> but anyway, that, so that reminded me of that. And you know, it's a damn good beer. So go check it out if you haven't. <laughs> that is a hell of a way to kick off this beer of the week segment. Uh, Evan, do you want to follow that up somehow with maybe something you had uh, the other day? The other day, how about what I had like a couple of minutes ago? Sure. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, so there's a story behind this beer. So this beer that I've had is called the Delirium Tremens. Hmm. Now this beer, a little more on the expensive side, but the actual recipe of this beer is about like, what, like 400 years old. Wow. And so the logo on this beer comes in a pint. Is a, It's a like a periwinkle blue can with a really cute little pink elephant on it. So the name of the beer is Delirium Tremens, as I said, but what that literally means is that delirium is, you know, like the, the, the mania slash like euphoric feeling that you get when you're losing your mind. And Tremens is a physical feeling that you get when you haven't had alcohol. So like Delirium Tremens literally put together means the feeling that you have when you haven't had the beer that you're supposed to be drinking. It's delicious. It's like a, a 
It's like a Belgian white that's like 8% alcohol, and I had like four of them. So that is impressive. Uh, yeah. Um, highly recommend. It's like, it's like, it's, I'm not gonna lie though, it's kind of expensive. So uh-huh. I'm like, they're, they're local. It's from, ah, shit. I think it, 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 is it European? I really can't remember. I should know more about this beer. Today. But that's my beer of the day, Delirium Tremens. Highly recommend. Beer of the day. Beer, beer of the, of the week. week. Even beer better. Of beer of this week's tailgate. Uh, I am I'm piggybacking off of uh, Scott's Italian trip, and I'm going with uh, a blood orange sangri uh, from the Buffalo Buying Bayou Brewing Company here in Houston. Uh, this citrus-kissed killer spills tart, juicy blood orange. Subtle orange peel definitely slices through this big guy. Big, dry, t- triple with the perfect precision and a balance of a hanzo. So Those are just random words. I, I agree. I was going to say, I really don't know what I just said there, but I read right from their website. So it, it convinced me I'm, I'm thirsty for blood orange beer right now. We had a lot of blood orange soda uh, when we were in Italy. But so... Best. Uh, that is our beer of the week sponsored by possibly you. We are looking for sponsors. Uh, so hit us up at the tailgate talk at gmail.com. That's been uh, our predictions of this, of this week of the NFL season. Uh, like we said, uh, still a lot of COVID going around, but um, hopefully we make it through. We've got these games on the slate today, so uh, we're getting ready for it. We're going, we're going to get to it. Evan, any other parting thoughts here on Sunday, October 18th? Stay safe. Wear a mask. Register to vote. There you go. Hey, register to vote. That's coming up. Uh, Fill out your absentee ballots. If you're doing that, Uh, head on over to tailgatetalk.com. Follow us on Twitter at the tailgate talk. Hit us up for all of your sports memes and all the breaking news. And uh, if you enjoy this podcast, go tell a friend, subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, And if you don't, let's just pretend that it never happened. So uh, enjoy this Sunday slate of NFL football. We are wrapping up our tailgate. Time to hit the brews. We're getting to it. Ev, thanks as always. Appreciate you, bud. Always a pleasure. Talk to you.